0: Welcome back to How Picard Can It Be? We're going to be talking about episode 2, season 2 of Star Trek Picard. Uh, there will be spoilers ahead, so if you haven't watched it yet, stop! Um, if you would like to hear us talking about other things that we've watched, uh, our special assistant, Siri, will tell you where to skip to now. You want to skip to about 1749, guys.
1: Thank you, Siri. Yes, okay.
0: season 2. Two episode two. What did you think? I thought it was fantastic. Actually, this is the first time I felt like we need to have a very, very quick recap of what actually happened because I was struggling a little bit.
1: I mean you fell asleep twice, is that why you're struggling? Oh I
0: did, I forgot I fell asleep, but that's not I was just tired. That's That's, not an indictment. It was actually really script writing. I really enjoyed it. And actually I feel like our podcast is gonna be so much less fun because this season is really good. (laughs) <laughs> Don't you think it's been really good so far? Well, see, I,
1: I love the first episode. I actually find this one a bit more challenging. I thought the pacing, which I, which I roundly praised in uh, episode mm. one, was actually a good bit rougher this time. Um, and there was some really quite awkward i thought expositioning
0: yeah that's true i mean it, it's a little bit janky in the script i very i just enjoyed the whole thing just felt so much more refreshing than last season i don't want to keep saying that every episode but it's so true um and what i particularly enjoyed so it picked up where uh last episode left off which was q had appeared in the chateau picard Picard was uh, very confused, discombobulated. He had this, like, weird (laughs) sort of butler valley guy. Harvey. Harvey, is that what he's called? I really like him. I hope he continues to be a presence. Um, But Q became quite unhinged, didn't he? He was Mm. showing Picard around Chateau Picard, and it's kind of like another universe. Is that the idea? Or is it, it's the road not taken? Yeah, so, uh,
1: well... (laughs) I was going to like say, well, obviously it's this Jenny, but that might come back and bite me in the ass. Like To me, it it, it seems so obvious that it's just an alternate dimension, alternate time
0: um, Alternate stream, timeline.
1: Trouser, t- tr- trousers of time,
0: right? You've gone down one route rather than the other. Okay, so, uh, yeah, Picard is not happy. He has slaves, alien slaves working in his house. He's a kind of military guy. He's, He's General Picard. General Picard. Picard. You see recordings of him making quite sort of crazy speeches I, I, I mean it's 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 not subtle it's not very subtle but what i did enjoy was picard loses his temper says i haven't got time for this bullshit yeah. uh, q slaps him and yeah. draws blood which i kept expecting to disappear but no he actually has hurt him and he says uh q you're not well
1: yes and and so we see there's all maybe it's just because we're getting older but there seems to be a lot of like echoes of mortality and mm. and and physical decay and uh, mental decay are themes that keep coming up again and again and obviously that is a reflection in part of the cast but I wonder if it's, I wonder if we'll see those themes explored more as the season goes on.
0: I really loved it, I love that characterization of him as going from a sort of playful scamp who enjoyed a kind of bit of... Um, I- Yes, banter, but actually he's just a little bit unhinged. But
1: you also, I got the impression, and it wasn't resolved in this episode, I wonder if it will be soon, I got the impression that Q was in some way asking for help from, from Picard and from the others. I think he's in trouble and he needs some assistance mm. to get himself out of some sort of scrape. Maybe with the Q continuing, maybe not, I don't know. Um, but that was the whole thing, right? So again, spoilers, but the whole thing was leading towards the crew team up with the Borg Queen and ride <laughs> off to save the world. And and like once you... Once oh. it became apparent that was the arc, you were just like, all right, let's just get to that I point. I did get they- fed
0: up of seeing every single character going, what is happening? <laughs> it's like, well, we know what's happening. We've just seen it happen four other times. Yeah. Um, But I love the Borg Queen. She looks so she good. Was like,
1: yeah. she she's, was- she's got a good... And, and there, was a, there was a bit in... Uh, when she was in her, like, sort of when she turned to look at Alison yeah. Hill. Creepy. Jurati, and there was, a, there was a genuine hairs at the back of the neck, creepiness to, to, that, to that move. And the Borg Queen was always... That like, odd, dysfunctional male vision of female beauty, yeah. uh, very alluring, very sort of tits akimbo, kimbo um, but terrifying at the same time. It's, it's a bit like we, we see um, in Stormtroopers, we see the terrifying ravening beast that is very yonic in shape. I think it speaks to <laughs> a very deep male psychosexual <laughs> problem. <laughs> She was brilliant. She looked
0: fantastic and it was really nice to see CGI being able to do her justice because I very clearly remember watching a Uh, there's an extra, it may still be around of how she was done in the actual films. Have you ever seen that? How she was kind of lying down, the actress is horizontally face down. And then that body is kind of attached to her neck. So it's really nice. Leaning forward like a a necklace. Like hanging off. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a really clever practical effect, but it was really nice to be able to, they could go 360 all the way around her. And she looked really fantastic and she was creepy. And and the actress is fantastic. Is it? She good queen actress? No, 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 no. I don't it's th- not I the don't same so. one. I don't think so. Anyway, I thought she looked just like her, but she was fantastic. Oh and... my God, we're going to get letters. Please Wait. send us letters. Howpecard
1: at gmail.com.
0: We'll check that. But um, she was wonderful and she there was a bit of pathos as well. You kind of felt yeah. bad for her, but then she was also really creepy. But, but that's always a thing, right? And this is one
1: of the reasons why, I mean, I, I, I find this a, a tougher episode to watch because of the pace, but also because I thought the script writing was substantially less polished mm. because the, the, the fascist um, stuff... Was really not subtle. I don't just mean not subtle. Like it was, it was quite amateurish. I thought well, the way I they subscripted the it. Reason, but, yeah. The reason, but the, yeah. But sorry, the point I was going to make was, um I. It's always been the case with the Borg or with any alien race. It's always been a an, an allegory <laughs> for racism and xenophobia. Yeah. And it's the same with the Borg. And like, she's the last of her race. And of course, we should feel bad about that. And she's going to be eradicated. We should feel bad about that. What are we doing? Um, but of course. She's really bad because the Borg are bad. But are they? Are they not just seeking self-determination, etc.?
0: Also, that's why I thought it was a kind of alternate reality rather than a road not taken, as it were, because the, why would what event in Picard's life well, could have led well, him we to know, be like that?
1: We, we know. At least it, it was actually pinpointed. You might have been asleep at this point. It was pinpointed in the script. There was a moment in 20... I can't remember the number. 20, 2024, because 20, I remember 24. thinking, oh, that's quite in soon. In LA, yeah. Um, where the timeline shifts.
0: Oh, okay. And, and
1: so we know that, you know, there there is a bifurcation in a timeline or something here. Mm. And, and timey-wimey stuff's always fun, right? Yeah. It's always a good thing to play about with.
0: I really like Rios as a captain. He's so fun. Rios is
1: great. Now, I, so you've, you can be a shout-out, of course... Uh, it will surprise nobody who's listened to this show before that I'm going to give uh, Alison Pill a massive show. She was funny. She's, like, the character is fun, but I get the impression that a lot of that character comes from her. She's, maybe, like, an improv or something to bring that character out of her, because like, I think she's,
0: she's just so good. a very good actress, and I think she brings a, a good deal of humanity to Star Trek that's maybe been missing before. Yeah, it, it, it's a very much, this is how we would react
2: uh,
1: mm. in situations like that. It's a real sort of viewer proxy thing, but, 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 pathos and you know uh, uh, reactions to the situation happening around her that feel incredibly real and even those bits where she's chewing scenery a little bit, where she's like trying to come up to speed with the fact mm. that seven of nine is actually Madam President,
0: <laughs> they um, all chew the scenery just constantly yeah. in this episode.
1: But even, but even, even that bit, she, 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 I think she does really well. She's very good, she's and her like, cat and the cat spots. She enjoy her cat.
0: Yeah, he, the, I love the cat. I hope the, sassy the cat, the, hat, the cat comes back. Um, what happened in the end?
1: Oh, I, I was falling asleep as well. Yeah, I, I can't strange. remember how it ended. Uh, honestly, it ended in a cliffhanger. I remember that. but mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you specifically what the cliffhanger was. No,
0: I can't. I, I want to know, like, oh, they all got, did. They all get beamed back onto Rio's. Oh, they got Serena?
1: Beamed, on, beamed on the ship, and then uh, the commissioner, was it commissioner. Oh yeah. Her husband uh, arrived on, and there was like, uh, blah blah blah. Standoff. <laughs> Very much standoff. <laughs> stand hands up, and I was and really glad when on.
0: they got back to the La Serena. <laughs> I a funk, thank God we're all back on a ship. I did get very bored of them all just walking about. I couldn't care less about the archer guy. Is he an archer? I know I love him. Oh, I don't give a monkeys about him. I, I can't him. remember his
1: name. I think he's a, it's it's a, like and again, some of the scripting is feels a little uh, janky. Like he needs a couple more revisions to get the <laughs> the, 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 the sort of like cookie sidekick lines down. But I still quite, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy that. I when like, he turned I like the up. I he does as a character mm, in, the, in the thing. The the, the young kid. Yeah. It's a this, this sort of Wesley Crusher kind of character. It's true. I way.
0: mean, maybe teenagers need him. But I did find when he turned up again, I was like, why is he here again? I couldn't really remember. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, he would got on a commission with Rafi as commander, I guess. As a
1: geek as well, I really like the, I like watching what they do with the set dressing and with the UI for machines and stuff. And I'm always really, intru- I love the, very very tight head tracking they do on Rios when he's got his hollow display in front of him, Rios. And, and he's uh, Rios, <laughs> and he's just all, like tapping the air, <laughs> yeah. and then the poor <laughs> yeah. uh, production designer's going like, go, oh, I suppose I'll map that finger to a red button and that one to a f- blue button. I don't know.
0: He's really good, uh, Santiago Cabrera, the actor yeah. is called. He's excellent. Still not many holograms around, but maybe now they're back on the Serena. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it'll be okay. We'll see more of those guys. Just,
1: yeah. but it did feel a little bit as well when they got back on and they're all like you know the crew's back together again sort of thing
0: and me it was like when they all beamed in and then the Borg Queen was like and me <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's her um, <laughs> It almost felt like a theatrical kind of curtain yeah. call. It was like, the gang's back together. Uh, like, you know, the end of act one. Yeah. Uh, and then go and have your gin and tonic and then come back and do more.
0: <laughs> no, it's a really good episode. Really fun. And see, in, I'm, we did I'm, get to see am not,
1: pe- not. I'm not agreeing with you there. I don't think it was a good episode. Oh, dear. I think it was a necessary pivot <laughs> to get us to the pivot. Is that what
0: you're laughing at? No, I'm just laughing at the idea of that being like a poster quote.
1: <laughs> it,
0: necessary pivot. It, it was One a, star.
1: It, it, I'm not giving it one star. I'm giving it maybe a something like three star. Uh, how dare I? Who the fuck am I
0: to? Uh, yeah, no, what sit hell? Judgement
1: well. If you I think can, you've
0: forgotten about the whole of the last series. If, if that this episode, if this episode had been in the last series, you'd have been singing. It's have it been done, but I think going to
1: be have such an assured episode, opening episode. Yeah. Um. And I thought, I thought that you know, it, basically, it had to get us from point A to point B, and point B was the teaming up together with the with the ultimate enemy, the Bar Queen. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um. <laughs> I think it, uh, we it was a rough old road to get. From, it's a rough ride to from here. It was to
0: worth there. it to see the Borg Queen. No Whoopi Goldberg missing her. Hope she comes back. Yeah. Um, really enjoying the Butler. What's his name again? Harvey. Harvey.
1: Who we presume is a synth, or at least I assume is a synth. I've no idea. Um, I
0: guess. Oh yeah, because he could look stuff up on his computer eyes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean,
1: the thing about sci- sci- sci-fi, especially as sprawling as Star Trek is, like. You can see he's definitely a synth, only I mean, as much as he's some sort of androidy typey thing. Yeah. And then it's like, but then a, a thousand rabid fanboys will go, he's not a synth, he's a. <laughs> a I'm
0: really glad we haven't had to. Give a crap about the girls we were giving a crap about last series. Yes, the that twin. Was quite, that was vaguely tedious, wasn't it?
1: She, she she came back in, in episode one, so she'll come back. Yeah, with I'm well, sure. they
0: had to wrap that up. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, um, "Yeah, right. I'm really glad to be here on my <laughs> diplomatic mission." Bye. <laughs> <laughs> like
1: when the, when the script comes through and days of our lives for yeah. Jay Tamburini, and it's just like two pages long. And you're like, "All right, so I'm." you right. episode one. All yeah. right. Oh, yeah. yeah
0: no one cares about her
1: well, so that's what I think that's what you think we've,
0: but we've got another incoming transmission another incoming
1: transmission this time from an old school friend of mine who I haven't actually spoken to and still haven't spoken to since we were at high school together he was a year below me at Glowbeetie High School in the 90s and he has kindly sent a message across the airwaves to tell us what he thought of episode 2 season 2 of Star Trek Picard I going to call it how Picard that's not what the
2: show's called Chris <laughs> I need some notes here. Long recap. Standard. SM Queen. That was quite an SM outfit. Yeah. The Road Not Taken. Oh, well, that's a bit of uh, Robert Frost fun. Three, at least three different episode names worked into the script within about the first two minutes, Yesterday's Enterprise, The Chase, and A Mirror Darkly, although most of those have other references. A Mirror Darkly is from the Bible, I think, anyway. Yeah. What else have I got in my notes here? They died at the gates of Romulus. Why are the cities in alien worlds never have names? The cities have the same name as the world. That's a bit bizarre. That's standard for sci-fi. What's going on there? Anyway, overall, what is it? It's just basically Quantum Leap with a bit of Sounds of the Lambs built in, like Quantum Leap because of all the, oh, we're in other bodies, what's going on? But we all know. but We've got to act as if we're some other horrible person, but we're not. What's going on there then? And then Sounds of the Lambs because they've got the Queen in like a cage and she's having to help them, having to use her having to use the baddie to try and get home. That's a classic trope. Mr. Magistrate's just speaking the plot. He's doing that whole thing where people just speak the plot. He's just telling us what's happening. What? Well, it's eradication day. What, what does it mean? Well, I'll just explain to you. It's just, It'll help if I explain the whole plot to you, even though you should know that, and the fact that you don't know that's really suspicious. Never mind. Alison Pill's got a cartoon kitty. Oh, let's have more of the cartoon kitty. He sounds so grumpy. I love him immediately. What's he called? Spot 73. Oh, that's another reference because Data had a cat called Spot as well. Poor old Borg Queen. I've put down a better queen dropping the tea because she's telling us the truth about time and stuff. So that kind of works. Poor old queen. Good job she's got a compatible cable round the back, port around the back of herself uh, that she'd plugged in really easily and then a cliffhanger and I've put down Picard milking the crowd with all the genuine energy of Neil Kinnock at the Sheffield rally in 1992, so that's the kind of up-to-date reference that people really want to hear as well I would have thought an American show would kind of fight shy of just blowing up lots of buildings in Japan, but that's just me, you know, never mind
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. I enjoyed that very much. Me some, too. Some excellent points there. I felt a little bit like um Jonathan was Picard's maths teacher at parents' <laughs> evening. It <laughs> was like, let me just look at my register here. Oh yes. Oh God, yes. You hadn't done your homework, have yeah. you? <laughs> oh yes it's you that was fantastic and uh chris enjoyed the neil Kinnock reference so yep. much that we had to listen to it twice yep. <laughs> so jonathan there long-term uh trekker i would also like to recommend that everyone follow jonathan on twitter because not only does he know his star trek but he also is, ha- is the best source of retweets yes he retweets, retweets in the finest content whether it's a man in a beard or a cat being weird yeah Jonathan's your man. Yes,
1: slightly NSFW, I should say. So do be careful those little ones in the room. But tweet <laughs> monkey G, and uh, we have linked to Mr. Smith in the description. Uh, he's at Belter for follow. Quality, and, quality content. Quality content. And I thought that was a really good uh, summation. There was some mad stuff.
0: There was some mad stuff. And, in there. and, you,
1: and you're right. And it comes back to my kind of uh, complaint about the uh, conviction with which he told this story. I think. I did enjoy seeing Picard acting bad. That was fun.
0: It made you realise how easily Picard could be a baddie. Yeah. He's got all the elements and, he, and that ability to command people.
1: But but that thing of him, like, you know, waving, to the, you know, aching on the crowd at the end as they were shouting, kill, 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 again, bit on the nose. <laughs> um,
0: how were they going to kill her? I'm not sure. Decapitation. Were they? Yeah, that was. The, the... I don't think that would kill a Borg.
1: Well, there you go. Um, again, I think he I, I sold that particularly well. But I'm excited for episode three. I want to see where they get to. I want to find out more about why Q has got entangled yeah, in the humans again that, this what's time. what's happened to Q? I'm pretty sure there's a story there. I'm pretty sure there's something wrong with him. And it would make sense, dramatically, thematically, if uh, the only way to win is for the humans to team up with the Borg. Perhaps the only way for... Q to when to team up with the humans. It's like teaming up with your enemy. It would
0: piss Q off to need something. Yeah, exactly. From the humans. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he likes to think of himself as, the, or the Q as so, so far ob- above.
1: Because they omnipotent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he's they've always been kind of his playthings. So yeah, yeah, that's that's great. All right, we're excited. We are. But shall we talk about things that aren't Star Trek? Yeah, let's welcome back our weird friends who don't like Star Trek.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in fairness, we're not particular fans, <laughs> as has been evidenced uh, by the, the of yeah, so episodes our, we've
0: done so far. Our uh, target audience is the Star Trek ambivalent. Yeah. Well, alright, you, you can tell me first. Do you want to tell me what you've been watching? Okay, I've got two things to recommend. One if, is it, if it seems weird to you that husband and wife wouldn't <laughs> watch the same things, I would like to introduce you to six-year-olds yeah. who need constant supervision. So well, we only get to watch TV uh, individually. Yeah.
1: So two things for me this episode. One is a preview, and we'll start with that. Uh, coming up this Friday, i.e. the same day that uh, episode three of Star Trek airs, also airs the new series of Grayson's Art Club. <gasps>
0: oh yes it does
1: now grayson's art club for Jenny and me for our money was the best piece of lockdown hashtag content that was made
0: is it the first piece of lockdown specific content that's come back for a second series even i don't know i'm
1: sure there must be been i reckon it might be um no there's definitely been other things but this this was this was not just a i don't i actually don't know no i do know i think this wasn't even a thing the first series of grayson's art club which i will explain in a second I don't think it was even a thing before lockdown. I think it was a direct response to Oh It to was, lockdown. it absolutely was, yeah. Um, so it wasn't even as if, like with Taskmaster, for example, which I also adore, it wasn't even like, they because they made two seasons of that in lockdown, I think, but that was just because Taskmaster was a thing that was happening, they had to work out how to do it in, in lockdown or like bake off, whatever, whereas uh, Grayson's Art Club was not. So Grayson Perry is a potter, as he would describe himself, uh artist living and working in the UK, married to the astonishingly wonderful uh, Philippa Perry, who's a psychotherapist. And they started Grayson's Art Club in the first lockdown.
0: We've actually spoken about it before. We have, yeah.
1: and you can go back and find those episodes again. We'll link to those in the show notes. I say that with the knowledge I'm going to have to remember which episode it is and then I'll find it. To link to it again. Yeah, I'll find it. But it so it was, a, it was a TV show in which members of the public uh, create artworks in response to thematic briefs, send them in, and then Grayson will pick some, uh, talk about them, call up the artist on Zoom, have a chat about it. And he will also uh, bring in a celeb. I say he will also the production company will also bring a Mm -hmm. celeb guest to do uh, some some work. But it is the most empowering thing.
0: It's very joyful and they've been doing a lot of call-outs recently. I think the deadline's just passed for submitting artwork. Um, But it's really upbeat really uplifting i can't recommend it enough i think you can probably still watch the first series we'll link to it if so on all four but it's lovely
1: it is so so wonderful and very accessible so very often there'll be disabled artists on there uh, who might otherwise struggle to involve themselves in a standard art world and very representative, you know, people with um, English as a second language, obviously queer people, as you'd expect. Young people as well, a lot not always of young adults. Yeah. And as Grayson's going through, and he always picks out, I, I adore Grayson Perry as a documentary maker, because he always says something that I don't think I would have articulated, but as soon as he does, I feel very same. I feel a lot of the same things he's talking about. Um, so yeah, I, I'm so looking forward to that. So that's coming up uh, this Friday. Oh, brill. And then looking back at something we have watched, it was Flight of the Navigator. So it was my <laughs> birthday in the intervening week since we last released an episode. And one of the things I wanted to do for my birthday was to watch Flight of the Navigator. Now, that was a film.
0: Now, Christopher, what you're actually saying is Flyer. Fly, flight it, of the navigator. Flight of the navigator is what we watched.
1: So <laughs> in the show notes if you can't deal with my accent um, or poor diction. This is a film that, uh, when I was a little boy, I used to rent from the video shop in the town that was four miles from our house. And we rented it so much, we should just have bought it, even (laughs) given that VHS tapes cost like 40 or 50 quid in the end days. Um, And it's a a really lovely, very old-fashioned, of its time film family film.
0: I've seen I've seen it so many times as well. As soon as you put it on for Ada, because yeah. we thought Ada might enjoy it. Um, uh, no, we
1: didn't. It was for me.
0: No, but we thought <laughs> she would watch it. it. Um, I just knew every line in yeah. every scene. I was like, God, I must have seen this so many times.
1: Sarah Jessica Parker.
0: Sarah Jessica Parker. I hadn't remembered it was Sarah Jessica Parker it's this sort it's, of it's a lovely film. cool nurse.
1: The one thing I wanted to particularly pull out that hadn't occurred to me until I was watching it again, and it certainly sort of doesn't occur to you without 30 years of uh, perspective, is that the opening scenes of the film open with uh, what you think are UFOs over cityscapes. They're not. They're just everyday objects. But here's my revelation. The everyday objects that they were, which was like a metal frisbee, a blimp, there was something else, mm. were as alien to me as a yeah. kid growing up in it's rural true, Scotland yeah. as an actual <laughs> alien spaceship would have been. The blimp
0: so, was baffling exactly. to me. So,
1: so like as, as, a, as a kid... <laughs> I can't remember watching, I can't remember what my reaction was to that, but of course, like, the audience, the intended audience, is supposed to see these shapes on on celluloid and think, oh, it's a film about aliens, there's the alien spaceship, and then there's a big reveal, We go, oh, it's just a Frisbee, and there's a dog catching it. But, like, I mustn't have had that moment of reaction, (laughs) because suddenly the camera pulls back and it's a blimp, and you're like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's as much an alien spaceship as anything else. Anyway, it's still a belter of a film. It's I mean, really good. It's it really very stood up, I thought. of its time. Um, <laughs> I thought it was good. But as a family kind of romp, it is... Uh, it, was a, it was a great thing. Really enjoyed it. I
0: th- I thought it was funny watching it with a six-year-old. How Compared to the <laughs> family films we watch now... Very slow to get started. To get she started. kept saying, Where's the aliens? Where's the aliens? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Well, it's kind of an alien, but you're not going to see him until about
1: 45 minutes. It's <laughs> like when we watch any sort of film that's got, you know, opening credits and yeah. like, you know, oh, it's so funny how slow, slow they and are,
0: are and yeah, to slow. get going. Yeah.
1: I remember the kid working out that when you saw Directed by, that's when, that was, that was the last name.
0: I Remember oh. as a, a kid
1: of working out the direct when you saw the director by name come up, that's the film's about to start.
0: Oh, me and my brother would just would have been dicking about until that point. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't even sit down until the credits were over. But yeah, it was, I wouldn't have said I was that familiar with it until we were watching it. I was like, I know every beat of this yeah. film, <laughs> every slow, every slow beat. beat. And it's so funny. Things that passed me by as a kid was like um it has a time jump so the parents are in 70s garb at the beginning and then later they're in 80s garb that totally passed me by i didn't notice that the parents style had changed at all in the same his house what had been his very 70s family home was a kind of retirement kind of Really sort of trashy 80s retirement, sort of glossy style. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, that totally passed me by. But yeah, it's
1: on one, I think it was on Prime. It's certainly on one of the, the um, bundled channels. You don't have to yeah. uh, pay for it in the UK at least. So I recommend it. What about you, Mrs Finn?
0: uh i want to talk about turning red which uh came to disney plus uh last friday as we speak um chris you watched it once with our daughter ada and then we watched it again the very next day she sat through the whole two hours again with me and you and watched it again and i um really enjoyed it i thought it was really fantastic first certainly the first disney film maybe the first ever animated film to talk about girls periods um and there's, you may know, there's been some controversy. Uh, Cinema Blend had a review, which they've now taken down, saying that it was not. Uh, basically, the reviewer was saying it, it because it wasn't for him. He <laughs> didn't think it was accessible for anyone, um, and a lot of people stood Classic. up. His, yeah, he said it's basically you can. I'll see if I can find a link, but they have taken it down, so it's difficult to find now. Um, but he basically said it feels like this is just for. Um, Teenage, Asian teenage girls in Toronto. And it's like, well, no, the experience of being a teenage girl is fairly <laughs> universal <laughs> for yeah. quite a large section of the world's population. But okay. But no, it's really great. It's a thinly veiled sort of um, puberty metaphor. And there's a girl, a young teenage girl who, when she gets excited yes. in any way, turns into a giant red panda. It's very funny. <laughs>
1: I mean, it is a puberty metaphor. You're absolutely yeah. right. But you can also not... You can choose not to engage with it at that level. It could just be about... Being different and losing control of your emotions. Oh,
0: absolutely. And I think this is the thing. Like, my mom was surprised we showed it to Ada. So that so the, the girl's mother mistakenly thinks that the girl started her periods and brings out like, a big box of sanitary towels and things. And my mom was like, Well, it's a bit grown up for Ada, but it totally went over her head. Yeah. She didn't um, she didn't get that at all. She mm. just saw that she was turning into a panda and thought it was hilarious, <laughs> which it was. Um and I really like that um she doesn't keep it a secret. Yeah. I was like, Oh, here we go, she's gonna have to like turn into a panda and hide from everyone. But no, she's just very quickly tells her parents her friends the whole all the school community i turn into a panda and they're all pretty cool with it (laughs) and i must say pixar just keeps knocking out the park
1: in the visuals it is utterly beautiful utterly beautiful they've gone a bit room lighting crazy there's constant (laughs) room lighting behind characters but it just it looks jaw-droppingly beautiful and the soundtrack's baller as well.
0: <laughs> Do you know what looks really good? I think the animation of the food the food, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. sit down the family is of Chinese origin so there's a lot of Chinese food, it looks so delicious yeah, <laughs> that looks so good um, but I really enjoyed it and our daughter really enjoyed it and I hardly recommend it. Very mixed reviews from middle aged men so just ignore that But it's, it's, <laughs> the, it's the classic thing isn't
1: it though it, it, uh, so uh, I'm queer and so a lot of the conversations around that are around people saying um, why would you push queer sexuality on young children but these are the, exactly the same people who go oh you got boyfriend have you you got boyfriend oh, I know. yeah and it's exactly the same mindset that takes you from thinking that because uh, the stuff that feels not relevant to you is somehow uh, inappropriate or oppressive or deviant or you know if, if you go mm-hmm. even further
0: oh yeah there was i there's a lot of reviews kicking around like um Viewer reviews, what do you call them? I won't say customer reviews, <laughs> whatever you call them. Normal people who aren't critic reviews. Viewer reviews will work viewer as reviews um, saying they didn't like it how she had drawn like sexy pictures of a, a boy that she fancied. But it's very funny. She she's drawn a boy she fancied as like half man half mermaid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but also like it's a, it's a great moment. I mean, it's a, it's. But obviously... that that
0: seems that seems slightly deviant to a certain section of person. But yes. To our six year old, that was just funny. Yes. She didn't. There wasn't anything like. Scary or sexual about that? Yeah. It was just funny. Yeah, but
1: the the moment where if you like puberty hits her, obviously it's a physiological process, and it's not just a, you start fancying boys, and that's when puberty happens. But there's a very clear moment in the film where, having been this like very kind of like hyper nerdy, do her own thing, screw you guys, kind of girl, she suddenly realized, "Oh shit, I do fancy boys," and 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 she. She she feels kind of like she's betrayed herself by Spud, she hides she yeah hides she hides under the bed and yeah. she starts drawing these like pictures almost not looking at them <laughs> so it's a it's a big change for her but 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 fab and you know it's multi generational stuff and bringing in the the grandparents and the aunties who are all brilliant
0: yeah I'd like to say that my mother said that I was like the mother in Turning Red so when you're watching Turning Red uh, try and understand how I feel about that it's uh, she's not a wholly positive character. <laughs> thanks Mm. mum um but i really enjoyed it and i would just say it's yeah the things that adults are saying are not appropriate for younger children i would just say go completely over younger children's head in my experience of watching it with one child but i really enjoyed it i thought it looked beautiful i thought it was very funny great soundtrack uh billy eilish and her brother whose name i've forgotten um it's fantastic
1: a bit of k-pop not not k-pop but a bit you know boy bandy yeah it's like sort of um full boy band but it's a bit too good it's actually really good make me me, me think of uh, different sides oh it made me think of that as well which is uh the boy is that i forgot that name right different sides no No, it's it's not quite right something it's the boy band in gravity falls which is also excellent i suspect we've recommended before on the show
0: we definitely have what's next I, I, I love it when I'm able to do a proper like cinema p- person in the <laughs> cinema industry <laughs> recommendation. So I'm going to recommend out now is Cleo Barnard's uh, romantic drama, Ali and Ava, which we saw at the cinema I work at it was our Christmas film. We always watch a film at Christmas. We get a special preview and that was our special preview this year. It's finally out in cinemas. Uh, it Our cinema actually ends this Thursday. So try and grab it and on the big screen while you can, because it looks gorgeous and it sounds gorgeous. Cleo Barnard is a UK filmmaker Actually, uh, Duncan of Georgetown oh, really? graduate, our yeah. uh, art school. Yes, yeah, so United. here in Dundee, we like to claim her as our own. <laughs> she's not from Dundee, but mm-hmm. she did study there. Um, she's done some other fantastic films. The Selfish Giant was one of hers. Uh, Alia it, it stars Adil Akhtar, who you might who we all know, <laughs> we all know as the brother in the Big Sick, the very funny brother. Uh, Adil Akhtar and Claire Rushbrook, who you'll definitely recognise. Uh, they are. Two people who are from really different backgrounds. He is uh, a youngish Asian guy who is in an arranged marriage that is very unhappy. He and his wife are actually living separately, but they're covering up that fact from their families. They Mm. don't want to upset their families. Uh, She, I think, was divorced, but the story is that her abusive husband has recently died. So they're both living quite sad, quite single lives uh, in kind of early middle age. And they are kind of thrown together and they get along and they make a connection through music. They they have very different musical tastes, but they both love music. They love to talk about music. They love to listen to music. And it's about um, letting go of your responsibilities and letting go of what people expect of you and just kind of chasing happiness mm. a little bit. So they shouldn't really be together. Their families don't approve. Um, it is a romantic story but it's not um it's not a boy meets girl it's not an erotic story certainly yeah it's just like very heartwarming very british um fantastic soundtrack obviously they're both music fans so the soundtrack is brilliant um i really recommend it it's Uh, my colleague helen called it refreshing and i'd say that's exactly what it is it's very Mm. refreshing it's sort of realistic without being depressing and also both characters are from not poverty stricken backgrounds but they're not that kind of they're not the kind of middle class neurotics that we're used to seeing (laughs) um depicted in a lot of british romantic drama they're uh, just very ordinary working class people and that's not described in a it's not depicted in a kind of sad or depressing way it's mm. just like this Matter is how we are mm. <laughs> it's really lovely i heartily recommend it
1: can't believe i uh recommended a nearly 40 year old <laughs> bit of popcorn family entertainment you've gone for a very uh astute piece of indie cinema <laughs>
0: Um, well, I'll throw in another really trashy one that I just watched today, which was um, "The Losers," which that's one for the Chris Evans Film Club that I know we're uh, we're working slowly on building. Um, someone recommended it to me. Oh, you should watch "The Losers," which I looked it up. It's from 2010. It feels it like is. it's from about 2004. It is a very retro um naughty style action (laughs) flick and i'll tell you it is based on a comic book it's based on a dc vertical comic book called the losers and it's quite faithful to that but it's you can tell it's a very pre-mcu comic book movie so it's very bombastic very loud very stylized guns and explosions the characters are like not even (laughs) two-dimensional (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> very thinly drawn characters but it's a real laugh i really recommend it but yeah there's just loads of like poor zoe saldana is in it just in her pants most of the time <laughs> um they try and make her it's yeah it's it's just a real romp and it's really interesting to see um comic book movies in between it's like post iron man but pre everything else mm. so it's like it's starting to get that quippiness and it's even got a post credit scene so it's starting to get the formula yeah but it's not quite there so it's still this very bombastic like 90s feeling action film but yeah idris Elba um Jeffrey D Morgan Zoe saldana in her pants um Chris <laughs> Evans with a terrible beard um it's just really it's a real stupid loud film but I really enjoyed it <laughs>
1: I mean that's we'll certainly on the gauntlet uh... <laughs> <laughs> i think our twitter bio says tired scottish people chris Finn and stitch bitch <laughs> watch tv and films and talk about it i think we're we're, we're cleaving pretty tight to that uh, i'd say
0: we do have that generational thing of the, we feel slightly like we're just watching whatever is on tv <laughs> when we happen to sit down and b- before we fall asleep
1: yeah it's a very, it's a very narrow window i mean i mostly watch like Mad YouTube shit.
0: Yeah, got any YouTube channels to recommend? Uh,
1: yes, I have one more to finish off. Uh, I've st- recently started watching a, a, a very big, uh, not very big, a, a, a smallly big YouTube <laughs> channel called <laughs> Unfinished London, uh, which is a great uh, geeky engineering and social policy and history YouTube channel. But it's it's delivered in a very uh, knowing but not overwrought uh, self. Conscious comedic style. I really like the way mm, they deal with it. So yes. yeah, I, I recommend it. It's it's funny.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Thank you. <laughs>